0: is up, everybody? Welcome to episode seven of On the Power Play. It is me, Brian, with my esteemed co-hosts, Matt and Adam. Boys, introduce
1: yourselves. Happy Tuesday, everybody! It's Matty Fish coming at you live from the basement of my house. Hell yeah, <laughs> basement. <laughs> you basement. Basement dweller. boy,
2: fish. Let's go. It's the best oh, way to be. I, I, I'm d- in the, the, I'm the, the basement
0: episode. of my house too. It's fine. No judgment
2: basement dweller
0: (laughs) i I am yeah it's just a secluded place for me to be with all my with all my uh, happiness and hockey and whatnots um welcome back everybody to on the power play thank you everybody who has listened to all six episodes from here on out super appreciative of what you guys are doing we love Uh, you we love you guys so much uh we also because of that have some exciting stuff to stay tuned to our socials and the podcast got some things that might be rolling out shortly Super excited about that. And then obviously, thank you to our production staff at Southside Productions. Now, a wonderful thing that Southside Productions is actually doing right now is they have free sponsorships and ad space to any struggling businesses that are going through it because of the COVID pandemic. Uh, If you know uh, or own a business that is struggling due to the coronavirus pandemic, we have free ad space for you on any and all of our podcasts. All you got to do is DM Any of the podcasts, uh, Instagram, Twitter, any social media, you can tweet at them. You can comment on any of their posts. But the best way is to email them at pandemicsponsor at southsideprod.com. Again, that's pandemicsponsor at southsideprod.com. Boys, we did that hockey. We're a week in. Are you enjoying it? I am so enjoying it. Things are getting wild. Uh, especially in the North division, we're going to go over that because that division oh, yeah. is absolutely insane already out the gate. But let's go into it. I want to know what teams are shocking you in a good or a bad way, what teams are on pace for an incredible year, what teams are just going to be absolute dumpster fires. So,
1: Give me what you got. Matt, start it up. I'll start it off. Um, so I'll start with the negative side, and the team that's kind of disappointed me is the team I have. To win the North, and that's the Vancouver Canucks. They're kind of getting off to a shaky start. Brian uh, Holpey isn't really uh, holding them together, and their offense hasn't really been clicking. So they You're were right. getting off to a shaky start. But as we've kind of talked about in the previous podcast, that that North Division is going to be tight throughout. So it's going to be. I'm tough not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna complain. Be like. Oh, my God, they're not going to make it. uh, uh, um, (laughs) uh, 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 The team that's made me very happy is the team I love the most, and that's the Philadelphia Flyers. How can you not? They swept the Penguins in the two-game series. Now, they did get blown out last night against the first game against the Sabres but i kind of you know i wasn't upset about it because they played awful and they deserved to lose that game and let's see what they look like after a loss you know that's a big that's a big key to determine how good really good a team is is how they respond after losses and
0: that's going to prove to be a determining factor all season for all teams is how do you respond to a loss? Because if you think about it with the shortened season, every game is three games. You win a yeah, game, man. you kind that's of won difference. three games. You lose a game, you kind of lost three games. So that's why this shortened season is going to be so interesting because you're right. How do you respond as a team to taking a loss, especially I
1: mean. if that loss is a shellacking? And the team that's kind of surprised me is a team I didn't have predicted making the playoffs, and that's the Nashville Predators. They are, uh, I don't know if they're leading their division, but they definitely got off to a good start. And let's see if they can keep that rolling. Hot
0: start's are second. really going to matter. They're second. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Adam, what do you got?
2: What's, what's, uh, yeah, on they're the second behind Tampa uh, 2 and 1. What, what uh, after the about, first yeah? week, things are looking pretty good. My sharks sharks could be better than uh, you know I was anticipating, but hey, it's early on. I still have faith they'll jump up. Um, hearing a lot of not great things about Eric Carlson right now. He's a minus six. You, uh, what you know isn't six. fun.
0: That's that's
2: tough. Uh, that was the last I saw on Twitter. I don't know if that's gone up or down since I saw that tweet because my Twitter's been weird. Um, but they they're sitting at the bottom of the barrel. Vegas, I'm low-key surprised that they're the only undefeated team right now in the league. Um, Isn't Florida undefeated? uh, The Panthers?
0: I think Florida went to OT and lost at one point.
2: Yeah. I mean, if you want to go by regulation losses, I think there's like a couple. Washington doesn't have a regulation loss. Florida doesn't have one. Uh, But Vegas is straight up 3-0-0 at the start of the season right now. First time in franchise history they've been 3-0-0 at home which I thought was pretty interesting. They're still, you know, having firsts. Is that team ever going
0: to be bad?
2: We'll see. Uh, I, feel, I feel like they're starting to enter a period now where their window is slowly closing. I mean, it, that's weird to say about an expansion team, but I feel like we're kind of at that point where there's not much more this team can do other than, you know, plateau. Well, it, it appears their
0: plateau currently is contending for the conference, yes. so that's kind of wild to, but you to have.
2: But we have to watch that because, I mean, we have to watch that because, I mean, they they could slowly find themselves in a Minnesota Wild situation where you constantly make the playoffs year after year after year, and you're not getting those game-changing prospects unless right. you're scouting really well, which they seem to have been doing. Um, but, you know, you couldn't get yourself into – draft hell if we'll call it that where you keep making the playoffs but you're not seeing any diamonds you know right out the gate that you can insert into your lineup and give you the energy like a uh, alexi lafreniere connor mcdavid austin matthews guys that i mean lafreniere is still new, but mcdavid and matthews turned those franchises around for the most part well like
0: i want i want to say that those kind of guys are diamonds in the rough, but I mean, let's be honest here. I mean, I feel like there's a kid like this or two in every draft class. Now the amount of young hockey Uh talent coming into this league is ridiculous. So I'm not going to say it's impossible for any team nowadays to have a quick turnaround just out of the draft alone but also you bring up McDavid, you can also bring up dry and you can also bring up that the Oilers look like garbage so far this season you have oh, two yeah. of the best players in their prime and you still can't pull anything off. Uh, I just, I, <laughs> I, mean, they have, they're what one and three right now. That's, that's not what they should be. Yes. Um, so it, it is what it is. And uh, that that honestly is going to show when we get to Brian's bedded quarter, which we have a name for now. Fun fact for everybody, and we'll get into that. A little <laughs> acronym that was thrown around the group chat. Thank you very much.
1: Um, but we will get
2: into that.
0: <laughs> uh, for me, some things that are sticking out right now. Um, the poor play of my second favorite team, the St. Louis Blues. Uh, that has kind of shocked me a little bit. Uh, they are not playing to uh, what I thought they would be playing too. I mean, sure, they're they're two and one, so it's not awful, but the eight nothing loss to the Avalanche, that's that is that is un, that is you cannot do that, especially in a shortened season. If you're going to lose, you got to lose tight because you have to have some form of momentum. Another another thing that's kind of little, little shocked me a little bit. Uh, the more I look at the standings, um, is honestly the North Division. Might be the most exciting division to watch, not just because of the hockey, the scores, and the standings, and what all. I'm talking about physicality. This division started off hot physically and has not gone downhill at all. I mean, you have a lot of, you got a lot of sandpaper guys in this division. I mean, you got Kachuk, you have Wayne Simmons, you have uh, Shabbat on the Canadiens. Uh, these guys are not afraid to drop them or to get real physical. I'm thinking that the teams that are less okay. physical in this division, like the flames, like the Canucks are going to suffer due to the fact that this division is proving itself to be one of the most physical divisions, if not the most physical division that we've seen in hockey, at least recently in kind of a long time. Uh, so that I am really excited about actually more than anything, just because it's, it's old style hockey, Wayne Simmons dropping the gloves with Shabbat on night one. Hello thank you i also love wayne simmons obviously being a flyers fan but that's besides the point anybody could have fought and i would have been excited about it and then you have kachuk and zach cassian who haven't played each other yet i mean come on you can't you can't write these stories that's gonna be amazing it's gonna be spectacular i'm so excited about it uh but that's kind of what we all see out of week one is there's some teams that are struggling a bit and some teams that are kind of shocking me at least in a negative way but you guys are a little bit shocked in a better way a team that like i feel like might as well just not have played this season is the chicago blackhawks they might as well just have stayed at home because this season is going to prove to be so pointless you have no kirby doc you have no uh jonathan Taze, uh you have no goaltending you don't really have a team You have Patrick Kane and his gang of third liners as well and tie that to the entire team. So that one, we all saw coming if uh, we're actually going to be, if we're actually going to have a prediction that came true, which is surprising, at least for me, I don't know how you guys do on prediction (laughs) uh, for these things. Um, (laughs) Usually I'm proven wrong more times than not. Um, But moving on into a little bit more of a solemn note, I want to get this out of the way now. We knew these things were going to happen. We talked about it, I believe, two episodes ago. Uh, A a game has been postponed due to COVID regulations. Uh, Tuesdays, uh, so tonight, technically, but for y'all listening, it was yesterday. Uh, The Hurricanes-Predators game got canceled. Um, According to the NHL, the decision was made out of an abundance of caution to ensure the health and safety of players, coaches, and game day personnel, and in consultation with medical experts. Um, the explanation by the League reads as follows. Uh, COVID protocol-related absences can be the result of a number of factors, including, among others, one, an initial positive test which remains unconfirmed until confirmatory testing is completed pursuant of the po- uh, positive test protocol, two, mandated isolation for symptomatic individuals pursuant to the positive test protocol, and three, require quarantine as a high-risk close contact in accordance with positive test protocol. So what is being said to me here, for lack of a better term, they're kind of beating around the bush, is one of the players, if not multiple, on either team has tested positive. Uh, The NHL kind of went a different angle with how they're going to do their COVID protocol stuff. They've kind of gone the angle of they're going to let teams – they're going to announce the teams that have the COVID issues and the players as well who will be on that COVID list, uh, which is a little bit different than other leagues have gone about. Uh, I don't mind it. I'm wondering if the players have a problem with it, but I guess if they did, they would have aired those problems earlier when they had the discussion with the league and the NHLPA. Uh, So not quite sure. Just kind of wanted to get that out of the way because obviously it's NHL news, which we go over, but in more intriguing NHL news, the NHL has pulled the micro-tripped tracking pucks six days into the season didn't even last six days apparently there were complaints from players about how the puck was as far as playing uh according to coach Elaine Vigneault of the Philadelphia Flyers uh, I was aware the NHL was using a different puck I thought a couple times it didn't slide as well on the ice we didn't know that it was a puck if it was the puck or the ice surface uh according to Dylan Larkin of the Detroit Red Wings these pucks are bouncing everywhere and this is not the only complaints out of the league that are coming about the pucks apparently it's a heavier and bouncier puck like on the stick for these guys. Um, and obviously you don't want to take away from these incredible athletes playing ability by giving them a brand new puck. So the league has decided to completely do away with the microchipped puck tracking puck. It, was, it they tried it in the 90s. Um, I don't know why they thought it would work a second time.
2: Uh, apparently just to kind of, you know, fact check this from what I remember reading, I'm trying to find the tweet. I'm having a hard time finding it now, of course. Um, but from the sounds of it, it's not a permanent removal. It's just so they can figure out what the manufacturing problem was, because they actually had these pucks for the playoffs, right? In the bubble, these pucks were in the in the bubble, and everything was fine. So I don't know if there was a crunch to get the pucks done in time for the season. Well, get enough there was pucks, a problem- yeah. Or get enough pucks. I don't know if it was a, um, a freezing issue. I, I vaguely remember reading that in the tweet that I saw. Um, but well, from I'm the sounds of it, it sounds like-
0: yeah. I'm I'm assuming if there's a computer involved, there's probably a whole uh, totally different freezing situation. For those of you that don't know, pucks are pre-frozen before they get to the game in order to slide better and be harder as something to use for a puck. Uh, So I I'm assuming if there's a microchip involved and there's a computer, the freezing situation is probably a bit different, but with what you're saying, if they were using the playoffs and it was fine, uh, I agree with you. I wonder if it's a manufacturing scenario.
2: I do have a statement from the league. If you want me to read that out.
0: Yeah, for sure. Go ahead.
2: Uh, This comes from the NHL public relations, Twitter account. Um, It says, quote, the National Hockey League announced today, uh, Tuesday, January 19th, that effective with tonight's games, the leagues will be using game pucks without the embedded tracking technology. The decision was made after concerns were raised about the pucks performance during the first few days of the 2020-21 season. A review by the league determined that the first supply of 2020-21 pucks did not receive the same precise finishing treatments during the offseason manufacturing process as were used during the 2020 Stanley Cup playoff. It is expected that a new supply of league tracking pucks will be available soon, and after undergoing appropriate quality control testing, will be back in use for all games. In the interim, the league will use the official game pucks from the 2019-20 season and will continue to utilize player tracking technology for all games. Uh, Once again, that was the statement coming out of the NHL Public Relations Twitter on the puck tracking pucks.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I I mean, I'm wondering where it could have gone wrong if it was used in the playoffs and no one had complaints. Uh, I'm not quite sure. Uh, I would have the, the, if you're going to do quality test control, I would give it to teams at practices and not tell them that that's the new puck and see what happens if they don't notice it or don't say anything. Assume that your quality test has gone well. Um, That's probably the way I'd go about it if I was the league, but obviously I'm not the league. I agree. Um, I wish I was. I feel like you <laughs> run better. <laughs> um, <Same>. Moving on <laughs> into something that Adam, you wanted to bring up. There's some, uh, some taxi squad madness. And I, I would like you to uh, oh, yeah. indulge us here.
2: I got to find I, this is all through. Um, for those of you that are hockey fans, you're probably very familiar with uh, cap friendly they a great website, great tool for hockey fans to check up. Uh, NHL lines, NHL cap hits for teams, stuff like that. I follow, I think it's their depth chart Twitter that shows, um, or one of those Twitters that shows all of their, all the team movements across the league. Who's going to the taxi squad? Who's going on waivers? Who's out because of injury? This, that, the other thing. Um, and I saw one of the two interesting ones I saw. Jesper Kakadiemi was just placed on the taxi squad earlier today. I believe yesterday or the day before the Vegas Golden Knights placed Cody Glass on the taxi squad, which I thought was crazy. Yeah, those are
0: interesting. Those are interesting taxi squad guys, because those aren't like bad players by any means.
2: No, from what I understood, at least on the Montreal side of things, it was more of a cap move than it was a, Hey, you're not doing good. We're gonna put you on the taxi squad thing. And um, we did. I we guess- did
0: say earlier in a, in a podcast that that was going to be a major issue with the taxi mm-hmm. squads. There's a lot of going to be a lot of cat movement, even waivers.
2: Look at Toronto. Toronto, yeah, seriously. are on waivers. I think I heard earlier today they lost Arundel.
0: Dell was put on waivers. He's with the Devils he's now. Gone. He's with yeah, the okay. Devils now. The Devils claimed him on waivers. The Devils are the ones that need help in the goaltending department since uh, yes, Crawford decided to retire. So. Yeah. So I I mean,
2: the same can be said about Cody glass.
0: So that's going to be something to obviously keep your eyes on the entire season. The taxi squad madness is going to continue because caps are a wild thing to keep track of in the first place. But now you got teams that are trying to just stay afloat and stay in the positive on the money front. Um, They're trying to actually pay their players, which is nice. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, as far as taxi squads are concerned, do you like that they're using taxi squads or do you feel like it was kind of a ploy for
1: the league to help teams
0: move cap money around?
1: I'll start off. They had to do it because in the 56 game season with a pandemic that's going on and we all know being hockey fans for so long that during this time, a sick bug can ravage a locker room, just absolutely ravage it. And with this taxi squad set up, you have the ability to put to pl- actually play games, not have so many postponements, which is a probably the number one aspect of why they had it. And also, you know, a lot not just a lot of teams have depth, like strong depth, players that can jump right into the lineup that are just sitting on sitting on the bench or sitting in the stands, and having this taxi squad set up really uh, gives them like it tightens the knot that every team has to go through, which is the salary cap. So you know it's needed. It's interesting because they'll most likely never go back to it again, no matter what happens in the future. But yeah. it's definitely a cool thing to have right now. Yeah.
0: I think you're right. I think it covers both bases, the the ability to move cap money and also the ability to actually put a decent team on the ice if there's a COVID situation within your organization. Uh, Adam, you got anything to build on there?
2: No, I completely agree with uh, Fish. I think it was uh, a necessary thing that had to happen with uh, the pandemic going rampant. Um, I think it's a good way to keep players um, up in, I mean, they're not up on the main roster, but effectively, you know, they're they're on call whenever they're needed, so you don't have to worry about that quarantine problem. At least as I understand the taxi squad, I could be wrong. Usually, yeah, I believe I, I believe the taxi squad um, does. I think
0: it's quarantine before they join the team. Things. Yeah, um, I it's, think that, yeah, I think it's if they get
2: sent down on waivers, they have to.
0: Yeah, uh, I think it's different getting put from the taxi squad on the team to the vice versa. I think the the quarantine thing is different because I'm pretty sure the taxi squad is a quarantine team anyways. So I think that they're right now. My question is free to move. I don't want to assume this, this is going to happen, but it's a possibility that I hope the league is thought of what happens if you have a COVID situation within the taxi squad and now what, you know, because if... I
2: imagine it's the same response as if the ros- the main roster gets it. I think, but the, concern, the concern
0: would be what if both have a situation you know
1: mm.
0: so yep. i, I they- don't like to assume these things are going to happen i just was I w- i'm just hoping the league has thought of something like that mm. occurring cuz i'm was, sure they have that that has to be in in there somewhere they had to have thought of this um moving on from the taxi squad stuff we got something that Matt wanted to talk about and i i like that you brought this up uh because this is a little something that i feel like it, it might happen every year, but is this year a little bit different? Uh the refs are calling a little bit closer of games and those calls are leading to a little bit more fine uh situation. So Matt, you wanna you wanna give an overview of what you're seeing from the refs?
1: Yeah, it just seems like they're really calling games tight. They're they're favoring putting teams on the power play. Ha 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 uh ah. <laughs> They're trying to keep – I don't know if it's a coincidence that this, this league's losing money, so they're going to start trying to make find ways to make it back, but they have jumped in on fining players for uh, their actions on the ice. Uh, uh, what's McCann's first name? Is it Jeff or Jared oh, on the Pittsburgh Penguins? He got fined a max amount of $10,000. Now, for some players in the NHL, $10,000 is nothing, really. But for some some, other players – guys,
0: that's a good chunk of their salary. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's big-time big money. So, it (laughs) just seems – Jared McCann, yeah. I figure it was Jared. Um, It's – you know, you see a lot more penalties called. You see a lot more slashes. Like, even slashes, like, on the body they'll call and on the hands they'll call. Um, I'm like, I'm, I don't know if you're watching it now, but flyers and buff the flyers and sabers are playing right now. There's been three penalties called two against the flyers. They had to kill five on three and one on Buffalo. And they're all like interference tripping high sticking calls. And it's like, yeah, you know, you could have not called the interference one. You could have not called the tripping one, but they did. So it, you just, we'll, it's interesting to see. We'll probably talk about it throughout the season how refs are calling games. But for right now, it's tight and there's a lot of special teams action going on. And I it's th- uh.
0: Do you want? Do you want to say? Because I want to say that that was a conscious effort by the league to have that much special team action going on to have the amount of power plays to bolster this, the goal scoring. Because you're right, I mean, I've seen a couple in a couple of games, especially the interference calls, they're getting real ticky-tacky with what they're considering interference. Like a small shoulder bump when that player is close to the puck but not touching it, I've seen get called. Um, when, you know, usually in hockey, things like that are coincidental and they don't get called as interference. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that might, maybe, conspiracy theory Brian here, uh, I think that might be a, co- a conscious effort by the league and the officiating staff of the NHL to have that kind of special teams action, the amount of power plays that are going on, also to get the goal scoring up because yeah, honestly, it's it's goal scoring, you know.
1: Yeah, you know? it's. I think a lot of it has to do with viewership because if you do put teams on power plays, they're going to score more, and it's exciting. Than I would hope. And you get more viewership, and that's what they want. They want their viewership to be high, as high as any season they had because, of course, there's no fans right here. Yeah. Oh, man, Brian Elliott just made two great stops. I'm sorry. I just stopped. But, uh, yeah, it's, inter- <laughs> it's interesting to see this season play out. Of course, you're trying to make the best of it, but they're really trying to make it unique, and I, I respect that. I respect that. You can't make it you can't make it similar because for some reason, of course there's no fans there. Yeah. But the in-game presentations, you know, they're trying to keep the players like have it similar. They're trying, but it's, they're trying it's to keep
0: the energy up. Like there's a uh, fan energy in the building with the pumped in audio. But I really think that the hockey players don't really have a problem bringing their own energy, especially on multiple power plays in a game. Um, and honestly power plays there it's exciting hockey people like watching that much offensive zone time it's exciting to see the possibility of a goal going in when you have a minute plus of offensive zone time um, so that's obviously an exciting thing but to build on what the refs are doing there's some fine stuff uh, Matt brought it up but there's there's more stuff that just seems weird um, the NHL find Vancouver the organization the Canucks for uh, a bylaw 15 violation where GM Jim Benning made inappropriate public comments about players under contract to other NHL clubs, just some real weird stuff.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: uh, I, so I guess it's a violation now to talk about teams that are contractually bound to other or uh, talk about players who are contractually bound to other teams, which is weird. Um, Pedersen gets fined for the slashing and the flames game. Um, it was a pretty vicious slash. Um, but the 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 fine kind of seemed a bit steep for it, because it was just a little like retaliation chop to the hands, which you know usually is gonna be a penalty, but usually you're not gonna see a fine for something like that. But he got fined uh four thousand bucks. And obviously for Elias Petterson that's not much of an issue for his uh his caliber of player. He will make that money back just fine. But that's one of those things where it's like you know, usually a, a double-handed chop to the hands is not going to get fined. It's going to get penalized. And depending on if there's blood, it could be a major. You're usually not going to see that kind of stuff fined. And, you know, for any amount like that specifically, uh, it might go through the league and they might go through the whole um, assessing it or whatever, but uh, usually you're not going to see a monetary fine for that. But that's going to be something to, to keep looking at um, as the season progresses because we might be – we might be seeing more fines uh, as the league attempts to make their money back, um, which I think is
1: kind of a fucked up and sketchy way to do that. Yeah, but taking money from your players. like Yeah. You've yeah. already asked them to make a pay, make, take a pay cut from last season. So Exactly. Um, it's just one of those
0: things where I guess, I guess right now we're kind of being overcritical because it is such a weird season, so we're like really all eyes on what the league is doing. Um, right. It could it could be normal, and we just don't we just are seeing it for the first time because we're so in tune with what the league is actually doing. Um, but moving on to some funny hockey stuff. Um, <laughs> so uh, I
2: know where this is
0: going. So Jake Voracek, forward for the Flyers, um, he's never been known to hold back punches um, or maybe- his emotions. It, or his emotions. He's a very emotional guy. He wears his emotions on his sleeves, and he does not care what you or anyone else thinks about him. Really does not care. Uh, so the Flyers beat the Pittsburgh Penguins in game two um, of the season. They end up winning that game, and then they have the post-game interview. Uh, it's it's Jake Voracek and Travis Konechny at the table getting the interviews, and, you know, all the Philadelphia beat writers are calling in and asking their questions and stuff. And, and Matt, I, I want you to take away – uh, for the story from here,
1: they had they have the question. All right, do you remember the reporter's name? His name was uh Mike. I got Mike it. Tennant. I got it. Um, so this dates back to. I'm gonna give you the full full story, people. So this dates back to last season. I think the Flyers were 10 games into the season. Mike Sielski. And Mike Sealski, that's their beat writer. Um, so they were 10 games into the season last year. They were about 500, I think they were 500, and Mike sealski wrote an article absolutely bashing Claude Giroux and Jake Voracek, like going all out on them. And then I believe, I'm not sure what radio show he went on, but he went on a show, and he said, and I quote, I would trade Jake Voracek for Kate Smith right now. And for all you people words. who don't know, Kate Smith is a just dead anthem singer. She's so cool. been dead for decades. Yeah, and I he, he that had to extension and like you we say that and we're like sound surprised, but that's just typical beat writer Philly stuff. Like, well, it's a, people, I mean
0: that's that's a beat writer in any town. Honestly, they're opinionated and they make content. That's exactly
1: what he did. Yeah, but. Uh, it definitely rubbed Jake for check the wrong way. And he's been holding this grudge in this heart and apparent. And he said, he tweeted out uh, the night after literally the night after he said, he said, I've been wanting him to say that to this guy's face for so long, but yet he's just been duffing me ever since he wrote that. And that was the first time I ever had a chance to speak to him like that. And he let it out, man. And I, in my opinion, I respect the absolute heck out of it. I know we're all communication majors, we're all journalism majors, we respect journalists. But in this town, man, they write a lot of hurtful stuff and then they say a lot of hurtful things and they just think, like, oh, it's professional, like, it's okay for me to say it. And they just don't expect someone to retaliate and i wish i wish a lot of philly athletes i won't name names because we're focusing on hockey and it's other sports i wish other philadelphia athletes did exactly what dvorak did curse them out
0: i wish any athlete would do that in, in, in any facet i mean i just i just like hearing an athlete give a beat reporter the business um to expand on what jake actually said jake dropped uh dropped two curse words said fuck and shit good for him uh and called uh mike sealski a weasel for what he reports and if you haven't seen the video people you gotta watch this thing because don't even concern yourself with watching jake voracek hear what he says and everything but look to the man's right and watch travis konechny's reaction to what jake voracek says it is
1: gold hysterical shit were you watching it live I was, and it was amazing. I was watching it live too. It was amazing. I was, I was looking at my phone, and then I heard him say, "You're going to write whatever fucking shit you want." And I looked up. Yeah, you like, look Whoa. up and you go, "Excuse me?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm like what? Then he answers the question because he asked, still answering. His, que- his question. Was like, "Is this season different the way it started?" Like a typical, like you know, question. Typical question. Reporter question. Yeah. Yeah, and then I was like. Okay, and then he called him a weasel. And my dad and I looked at each other like, oh, man. Oh, yeah, man. That's,
0: that's, that's a tough look for Mike Sealski. That's going to take a bit for him to come back from. Uh, however, that was so funny. Uh, oh, was you guys are great. definitely going to want to watch that video on YouTube. I promise it will bring you the laughs. It is too good. Um, just watching Travis connecting's reaction is just, oh, man. He's just—he's just as shocked as everybody that was watching that interview live was, just as surprised as everybody. He was like, "You can—can can
1: you say that?" <laughs> it was fun. It was funny because, like, right after, uh, the like manager for the reporters like called on the uh, next reporter, and then the guys like, "Uh, this question's for Travis," and they both like just looked at each other, smiled. They started and laughing. Like, they straight God. up started laughing. Thank God. God. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> It's too
0: good. <laughs> high-quality hockey post-game action. And that's the best type. That's the best type. Yeah. Who,
1: who speaking, likes robotic answers? Speaking, like, oh, yeah.
0: Speaking of high-quality hockey action, there is no better high-quality hockey action than the kind that can make you money. That is right. All of you that were betting with Bing in <laughs> Bing's betting corner, uh, which, by the way, has now been retitled the BBC. Uh, which, lowercase, uh, lowercase, 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 lower, lowercase, lower. Like, like the British <laughs> Broadcasting. Yes.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. Nothing else.
0: Uh, no. Not even kind of. Um, <laughs> what else could it mean?
1: Well, I don't even know. I don't even know.
0: Um, <laughs> Blackberry's champion. Were, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if you were betting with Bing last week, you went five and three. Which I think is is a is a big win, depending on where you put your money at. Uh, let's go over uh, exactly what ended up happening. We'll go to my uh, bets that hit and bets that did not. In fact, that is not pulled up right now. We don't got to talk about the past. The Pass is over. Let's yeah, move well, on we, to the future. Who
2: lives in the past? Come on now.
0: If you're betting with being last, if last episode you're five and three. And that's a good start to the season. And we're going to build on that. Are you ready, folks? Because we're about to get into it. It will get posted on the socials uh, tomorrow at some point, probably after this podcast drops so you can hear it and see it. Make sure you lock those bad boys in. Uh, I am obviously going to write these down for myself to put in my sports book later because I'm betting with you. I'm not just spending your money, folks. Not in the BBC in the Bing's betting corner, okay? (laughs) I'm spending my own money as well. All right, so... First game, uh, obviously, these are tomorrow's games for me right now, recording on Tuesday night. But for you, the listener, these are tonight's games. So first off, we got Edmonton and Toronto. This one, I actually like the Maple Leafs a lot because I don't think Edmonton is playing to how they should be. And Toronto is the underdog. So I think Toronto to cover the one and a half spread is the pick to go with there on the spread. Uh, and then I'm gonna also hit the over on six and a half. I think these are two high powered offenses with some struggles in net. I think you got the over at six and a half in total goals. This is a money line I might stay away from. I don't think I'm gonna bet this money line. Um, Edmonton is plus 129, Toronto is minus 150. That's one I think I'm gonna stay away from. Moving on to San Jose and St. Louis. St. Louis has had their early struggles this year, um, to note. So they are actually the underdog against San Jose. And unfortunately, buddy, I, 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 hate, to, I hate to tell it to you. I think St. I'm Louis, stunned St. Louis is the underdog. I think St. Louis covers the spread at minus one and a half. And also, I think that it is an under the six. Uh, six total I goals. I think that. it's an under. I think it ends up being a 3-2 game or a uh, 3-1 game. And then that ends up being hey. that one. Um, I think Jordan Bennington is going to have a bounce back game and he's going to be the Jordan Bennington that he has the capability of being moving on Minnesota <laughs> wild and the Anaheim ducks. Uh, this one, I like Minnesota to cover the spread at minus one and a half. They're plus one eighty eight. I like what Minnesota's doing. I also like this game to hit the over at five and a half goals. Um, I like that one a lot. Uh, I, I I don't know what it is about the money lines for these games. I'm kind of staying away from them. But next up, I actually have – I am going to go on the money line. I got Arizona and Vegas. Uh, it, this game is, is almost a lock if you're not ballsy like I am. I like Arizona to win this one, so hit the money line at plus 172. Uh, and I like the over on goals, which is set at 5.5 right now. Uh, so hit the over and hit Arizona to win this one. I feel it. I'm feeling cocky and I love it. Moving on to the last game of the night. We got <laughs> Montreal and Vancouver. Um, this one, I don't know. I uh, It has Vancouver as the favorite to cover the one and a half spread. Um and I don't think they do it. I think if you're gonna if you're gonna bet the spread, I think you bet Montreal at the minus one and a half. I don't think that Vancouver is gonna be able to cover that two goal spread. I think Montreal is gonna keep it tight in this game, maybe a one-goal contest. And in this one, I still do like Vancouver to win. Um, they are the underdogs in this one. I like them at plus one oh eight. I like Vancouver to win, but not cover the spread. So hit Montreal on the spread, hit Vancouver on the money line, and that was the BBC Bing's betting corner. Brought to you by SSP.
2: Woo! Not bad. Based up on that one. Yeah. We'll see I don't know how happens. I feel about that Vegas bet, but hey, everything else sounded pretty good. Hey, I'm ballsy. I'm feeling ballsy. I'm five That's three. Fair. That's a good Listen start to you. the season. At, at the BBC, it's good to be ballsy. It's good. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my. <laughs> what? The betting quarter? That's horrible,
0: but we love it. That's horrible. But we love it. <laughs>
1: oh, it's That's great. Spectacular!
0: It's great.
2: What I mean, about the betting quarter? Exactly.
0: Uh, all right, about? all right. Um I can't oh, recover man. from that. If you want to move <laughs> on. <laughs> I can't
1: I can't recover. Uh, all hell oh, Adam. I got nothing. I got, got nothing. He's supposed to be. End the, let's just end the podcast now. How can we recover from that? I just, got, I just got smoked. All
0: right, <laughs> since you all since you're feeling all fruity and fancy free over there. Let's move into the final segment of the evening, which will be Ugh. a people's GM. What do you got for, uh, did you finish up season four? Of course I did. All right. Give us, give us the, uh, give us the rundown of what happened. In All right. Four.
2: So before, before I do that, I have a little housekeeping to do. I was negligent in my duties last week, completely forgot to cover the year three trade deadline, completely forgot. Oh, jeez. Um, Nothing. I won't go over everything. Uh, a couple of big trades of note. Brent Burns left San Jose for Pittsburgh. Uh, uh. Yeah. Uh. Uh, San Jose also moved Timo Meyer to Nashville. Uh, the Rangers doing Ranger things got rid of Gorgiev, and that was really about it. Nothing Nothing too crazy to go into there. Uh, I'm still trying to recover from that betting corner segment. Jesus. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. Ooh. <laughs> all right, so year number four. What do we got? Uh oh yeah, also retirees, retirees from year number three. Brent Burns did actually retire following his stint in Pittsburgh. Uh Phil Pula, Bacchus, Nielsen, and Nick Benito, Benito, Benito all retired as well from the league. Uh, on top of goalies having Ryan Miller, Craig Anderson, and Mike Smith right off into the sunset. So now for year number four, kicking things off. With an injury bug. Hit, oh, us, hard. Every Hit time. us hard. Hit us hard. But, uh, you know, we finally uh, persevered. I was looking around the league, looking for things of note. And now, boys, you remember Mr. Dwight Gibson of the Philadelphia Flyers, right? I do. Well, could you believe me if I told you Philly had him playing in the minors?
0: That's that wild for what he did in that cup run. Exactly. They didn't
2: win, but still. So, I saw that, and I said, hmm, I'm going to look into this man. See, see if I could maybe make a trade or two. Oh, yeah, bring him to the Jets. I I made a trade. Oh, did you know? We, tra- we traded uh, our – what was he from? Year number one uh, – or actually, technically, year zero, uh, when Seattle entered the league, our third overall pick, Mr. Jesper Berglund, is making his way to the Philadelphia Flyers along with our 25 fourth-round pick for Mr. Dwight Gibson, a first and a second. Acquired. (laughs) Write it down. The the goal-scoring god himself is what I'm going to call him, Dwight Gibson, is officially a Winnipeg Jet, and he doesn't show up for the team. (laughs) He did nothing.
0: Maybe, maybe they were smart bringing him back down to the Myers, kind of caught him while he was hot.
2: It's possible. I mean, he wrapped up his year with uh, nine goals, four assists. Not, you know, compared to the 35 he had the season before, but I figured, hey, new kid on the team, still young, doesn't, you know, got some nerves, hasn't, you know, worked everything out yet, hopeful, hopeful for a bounce back in year number five. Uh, met up with Tampa early on in the season, made a comeback from a 4-1 deficit to win the game um adam Lowry, wow lower oh oh there you go, go. there you go you, you know who oh, i'm boy. talking about uh the other me scores his 100th career goal against the panthers the day the day before the trade deadline actually um uh, no one got moved at the deadline uh, i believe the only other trade i make is at the draft which doesn't matter Uh I had a rematch of last year's round one we're in the playoffs boys Meeting back up with the Blues now before we oh, get baby. free. Let's, you know, run down the standings. Uh, we wrapped up the season with a 51 23 and 8 record, 110 points on the season. Good enough for second in the Central, uh, right behind Chicago, who is your president trophy winning team with 118 points. Ew. 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 (laughs) Sounds about right. Uh, (laughs) Sounds sounds about right. Uh, St. Louis also made it out of the Central along with Minnesota. Uh, In the Pacific, you had Vegas, Anaheim, Calgary, and I think that was it. Who we have? Vegas, Anaheim, Calgary. I don't see Edmonton on here. So Nashville was actually the other team that got out of the Central. They got the second wild card. So just Vegas, Anaheim, and Calgary get out of the Pacific. Uh, Washington, New York, Philly, and Pittsburgh. Nope, not Pittsburgh, which means Tampa, Toronto, Florida, and Boston and Buffalo all made it out of the Atlantic. That's your playoff picture. Oh,
0: good for the Sabres getting back in the
2: playoffs, huh? How about? Uh, yeah. And I don't know what I, oh, that's why. Yeah, really good for the Sabres because they knocked out Tampa Bay in five. Wow. Tampa got the, the first round exit again? That they did guys that can't catch it. first round break we we knocked them out of the cup final that one year and they haven't recovered since they have yet to recover but we're not talking about buffalo we're here for the jets The hell with buffalo what do we got yeah. in winnipeg the jets round one meet back up with st louis who we faced i believe the year before was it the year before it was the year before i believe it
0: was yes five
2: uh, it's a big spreadsheet i'm sorry if i'm getting lost Oh, you're good. Uh, but it, it was a rematch from last year's round one with the Blues. It was a back and forth series. Barely squeaked out a victory in uh, game number seven, three to two. But we advanced to the second round where we meet Nashville, the Preds. Uh, from here, we end up sweeping the Preds in round number two. You. No, nothing of real note. to Bring go out with, your brooms. Yeah, break them out. Uh, Sweep all those catfish off the ice. We don't do that. We We
0: don't need that. We don't need that.
2: Jets are flying (laughs) off to the Western Conference Final. Meanwhile, in the East, since we were, were, you know, talking about Buffalo a little bit, they also had a bit of a sweep against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Well, all right. Good. Jack Eichel. Jack Eichel taking out his rival, Austin Matthews. Uh, Love to see see it. it. Love to see it. But back on the West Coast, we have the Winnipeg Jets taking on the Mighty Ducks. Oh, boy. Things are looking good. We're going strong. Get to game six. Could clinch it for another Stanley Cup uh, showing. Ducks force a game seven after a two-goal rally in the final minutes. Oh, boy. Make it to game seven. Getting tense. Another two-goal rally in the final minutes. And they score to advance to the Stanley Cup final. We lose to the Ducks in a game series. Buffalo, unfortunately, couldn't carry on the hot streak. They lose to Washington in a sweep. No so, Buffalo you know, either? Who can I root for here? Hey, you got Washington or the Ducks. I'm taking the Ducks every day of the week. Well, seven I'm seven. sorry. I'm sorry, but the BBC has lost this bet for the year. And- no! <laughs> <laughs> Damn it!
1: Uh, Obi uh, gets his second. Uh, uh, I'm okay with Obi
0: having one and one only.
2: Well... <laughs> Uh, fish how would you feel if i told you that uh alex ovechkin retires as a champion
0: okay well that's kind of refreshing Al-
2: alex ovechkin has retired from the league i believe he broke the goal record with a, a 919 goals all right for the season uh, alongside him jumbo jo- joe thornton patrick marlowe ryan Getzlab, jonathan taves joe pavelski uh, all retired from the league, along with uh, Henrik Lundqvist, Pekka Rene, and Brian Elliott. Um mm-hmm. nice. I mentioned Jonathan Taves there. Uh, he didn't retire as a Chicago Blackhawk. Oh, he got moved? He retired. He, he went to free agency. Right. And uh, he signed with uh, a team from the West, specifically in the Pacific. Oh, geez. Specifically of the aquatic taste. Oh, if- would you say that would be
0: a, a may, may, maybe a Golden Knight? They're aquatic, right? They're amphibious? No, they uh-huh. are not amphibious. No, but, they're uh, not amphibious? They
2: are not friendly with the amphibious type, if you will. Jonathan Taylor signs with the San Jose Sharks. All right. How that happened. But it Would did. you love that?
0: Would you love that? Uh in I don't the know year, if I would like that in real life.
2: I don't know. In the year 2023-24, I don't think I would like that. He's no, pretty old
0: by that. <laughs> he might need to um, think of retirement.
2: <laughs> yeah, so um that about does it. There is one other thing I'd like to know for year number five. Uh I'm about to open things up to bo- not only you guys, but also to the viewers or to the listeners rather. Because we've got a off season and a lot of key names are looking for new contracts be a lot of moving parts i don't know where to put this money the likes of mark shifley connor hellebuck blake wheeler brian little and others are all looking for new contracts and i've got 34 million dollars to work with oh that's the
0: that's the so, core too
2: it is the core um myself personally you know Guy, I won't go too crazy into it, but Mark Shifley's looking for a cool eleven million dollars. <laughs> Connor Hellebuck, I think, was looking for something close to that as well. I think maybe a little less than that.
0: It takes what, out most what? of your cap right there.
2: Exactly. Nice. So keep an eye on the socials. Um, I'm kicking around. I might post a Google form um, with you know a, a questionnaire about like where you think uh, I should spend this money. Like, should I give Shifley a four times eleven? Should I give him a one times nine? Something like that. Uh, I haven't quite hammered out those details. Keep an eye on it, and uh, we'll see what year number five looks like for your Winnipeg Jets. I'm hoping it looks good because, I mean, we sniffed that cup again.
0: Hey, you, you can smell it, and now there's blood in the water. You just got to hopefully bring back as much of that core as you can without losing all of your money. Thank you to the exactly. People's GM for the season four and then Doing season great, Adam. five preview. Super great. excited. Super excited about what you're going to do uh, incorporating the fans. Speaking of the fans, guys, thank you so much for listening and being captivated by, as I'm sure you were, Episode 7 of On the Power Play. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for keeping pace with us and letting us into your little worlds. We love you for it. Keep uh, keep updated on the socials. we got exciting things coming your way that will probably be announced next episode, so stay tuned for Episode 8. Until then, boys, signing off.
1: Good to see you guys.